Danny Sadi, welcome back. Thank you for having me. You decided to come back again for another episode on our podcast. Hey, it's you, Simon, mate, because I want to come back. <laughs> Your check's in the post. The <laughs> um, I think today's episode, we're going to focus on the power of upskilling and reskilling. Yes, um, very important topic. Which quite topical, I think, Donald H. Taylor's survey, it was voted the, the top L&D trend for 2023, something that I know you're really passionate about yeah. as well. So I think there's lots of expertise we can share with our, with our guests on this. Um, but I guess just to start, I guess, is what's been your expertise or experience of this or maybe some reticence? I think we've discussed in the past or my experience has been you've got internal politics and silos and bigger companies. Yeah, It's not straightforward. It's, it's, it's obviously the benefits and so on are, are well laid out. Um, but it's a big topic right now, isn't it's it? It's a massive topic. For me, you know, upskilling and reskilling fundamentally is about helping people to learn yeah. fundamentally and that learning then correlating to performance. Yeah. And there is a strong correlation between good organizational learning and performance. I've actually, um, I've done that to plug my book. I should do. So, um, <laughs> Love I've a plug on this yeah. one. <laughs> Danny's got a book coming out. If you want to tell us the title of the book. Yeah, so I've got, I've, I've got a book coming out. Um, I've co-written it with a really good friend of mine. Um, wrote, you know, the written word isn't necessarily my strength. So he, you know, very much, I was kind of late nights of talking over teams and, and, and uh, recording things over Zoom. And, you know, he's kind of, taking my narrative and a lot of his ideas into co-designing a book with him. He's a really good guy. Um, and the book is called uh, Organizational Learning and Performance, The Capex Factor. I don't want to say too much, but uh, it'll, it'll be out in a few weeks. And um, yeah, it's very much based on this topic we're about to talk about. So something I'm also very, very passionate about. Um, and like I said, upskilling and reskilling is, is fundamentally about getting people to learn um, and, and turning that learning into performance. Yeah. Um, and and when you do that really well, the organization, you know, the individual performs, the team performs, and the business and the organization performs. Um, and the other thing as well is that it's what people want. You know, you, you you'll see you know studies from like McKinsey, CIPD, global studies show that when you look at the top three things people want from an organization, yeah, always in that top three, it's, it's ranked in different order. But one of the things is is either continuous development or some, yeah. some form of learning. Yeah. being able to learn and grow so it's, it's so important and i guess i mean it's not a new concept it, this has been around for a long time yeah. why do you think it's suddenly a lot more on the spotlight i mentioned at the, the top of the episode that it's the top learning trend and lots of surveys for 2023 why do you think it's suddenly such a big thing for lnd teams to get right why are people suddenly clicking on to the benefits of this like why now is probably the, the question uh, it, it stems to what we've spoken about before me and you um covid has had Again, COVID has had a big impact on this. Um, so what's happened is, like I said, COVID has just shined a spotlight on a lot of people challenges within the people and culture space and it just accelerated stuff. So what has happened is, is because there's such a competition for talent right now and I, you know, in this current environment, you can't just always rely on going to the external market to bring talent in, yeah? It's more costly, um, especially as we're in this economic crisis where you know we're going through a recession, you have to be more cost effective as a business. So just going out and relying on the external market is not is not going to be what makes your business successful. You need to be able to retain and maximize the talent you currently have more so than ever. Yep. So there's a real spotlight on enhancing the skills of the existing talent pool that you have. Yeah. And the word talent has become so important now, right? And actually, you're seeing the word more around talent development than it being learning and development now. So that's yeah. kind of the shift of where it's going from learning development to talent development. Um, and that upskilling and reskilling is key. So it's about really identifying 
and being really clear on what is your strategy as a business? Where are you going over the next four or five years, whatever your, your strategy run, spans over? And thinking, okay, what are the skills my people, you know, the people in my organization need to be able to deliver on that strategy and, and getting ahead of it to make sure that the, you, you create the right internal development programs and frameworks and, and content so people get those skills so that you, they can deliver, you can deliver on that business strategy. The other thing as well is that um, just because people are trained in a particular skill yeah. doesn't mean that they that they they're gonna they're gonna keep that skill long term. Or oh, that's what they want to do even sometimes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Or, or, yeah. Um, so, so for example, you know, I, I've I've um, I've been accredited. Um, you know, uh, four or five years ago, I was accredited as an agile coach. Yeah. So I became I immersed myself in the world of agile and the world of agile and became an agile guru. I did a refresher of my accreditation two years ago because I started to forget the stuff I like yeah, I yeah, learned. Absolutely. So the reskill is yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah? yeah. So you need to be able to reskill your organization because sometimes well, they stuff forget, changes. stuff yeah. changes, you need to update. So it's not just about upskilling, you also need to make sure that you're reskilling as well. And especially with technology, I mean there's lots of stuff about AI again is I think it's number two on the survey. Oh um, so that's there's so, a ton of reskilling going on there, whether it be you know 100%, 100%, I think there's lots of industries panicking there with hundred percent. Um in the book that I've co-written <laughs> with uh, well my done. friend, we talk about this fourth industrial revolution yep. that talks about the introduction of AI and what it's gonna mean for the world um, and how machine learning is gonna change L&D and learning Absolutely. moving forward. And if companies don't kind of get ahead of this and start to think about how that is gonna impact how they create a learning culture, they could be left behind. So I'm absolutely, it's something that I, I'm massively passionate about <laughs> and an advocate of, of thinking about how you can use machine learning and AI to enhance learning and development. And how do you think it's going to change? I mean, without giving away your book too much, because yeah, we don't yeah, want yeah. to buy it oh, still. It's true. <laughs> um, I, think, I think what people need to think about is, um, I feel learning and development professionals are going to become more like conductors as time goes on. They're not going to be the ones to necessarily deliver the learning, but they're going to be the ones to facilitate and conduct an orchestra, right? And they're going to be the ones to ensure that there is a multi-channel approach to learning through different mediums. Yeah. Yeah. And making sure they've got the best medium and the best content for their organization for what they're looking for. Um, and AI is going to be part of that. So machine learning. And what we mean by that is is people being able to interact with learning and 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 the and the thing they're interacting with learn from them and and be able to offer them the best content for bespoke to them yeah. for their needs yeah. and what yeah. and for and for how they like to learn. That's that's where we're going. And, and if you can introduce that into your learning, that is just gonna engage people into learning more and more. One of the biggest challenges um, that there is within the learning and development world, you know, and I saw this in the, in the latest CIPD rep learning report, is that people are not engaged in learning like they used to be. The hybrid working world that we've now kind of introduced as a result of COVID is making access and engagement to learning harder than ever. Yeah, because as a learning professional, you need to be able to balance people who are working in the office and working remotely. Yeah. And people who are working remotely, when they're working remotely, don't necessarily want to engage with learning. They want to just get their head well, down it, and it, do it's work. It's quite similar to a Zoom, a, a Teams yeah, call. Exactly, or, it's harder to engage them in yeah, learning. Agreed. So I feel that anything we can do to enhance and to engage people in learning, and I think that AI aspect is, is, is powerful. Because imagine you're interacting with, 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 with an AI, you know, with, with machine learning, and you can see that actually it's starting to personalize how it interacts with you and personalizes your learning kind of journey and stuff based on the responses you're giving it. That's quite powerful stuff. And I think from my experience, I think there's more pressure on, I think you're slightly different, you're in the office a bit more, but when yeah. we have office days, 
there's more pressure for those to be meetings or collaboration. Yeah. So pe- the idea of people doing digital learning at their desk, well, I could do that, you know, I could do that at home. What, why have you come in office for that? Yeah. But then when you're at home, it's like, well, you know, this is just like another Teams call. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, that can fall through the cracks, can't it? It can bit. fall through the cracks. It can fall through the cracks. I think the other thing as well is that um, because of this hybrid working world we are in, learning professionals need to find a multiple, they need to have multi, like I said, multiple channels to how they upskill and reskill people. Yeah. You can't just, so face to face, you know how people say face to face is dead. It's not that it's dead. It's, it's, it's such a small component now of the L&D off the it's learning. It's still on the menu, isn't it? Yeah, it's still on the menu, it's but, just, but, yeah. but to drive good organizational learning, face to face is a small component of that. You need to really think about how you can incorporate maybe some AI, some machine learning, but video, e- e-learning, um, podcasts, yeah, podcasts, webinar, um, Co- coaching, mentoring, coach, well. yeah. mentoring. Yeah. You need a whole menu of different learning if you really want to upskill and reskill uh, businesses. And I, and I think one of the reasons why a lot of learning professionals struggle to do good upskilling and reskilling is because they don't use, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't capitalize on the different channels that they can use when it comes to when it comes to organizational learning and L and D and 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 stuff. Perfect. And I guess what's the, because you've had two roles where I think you've you do this, done this really well. What's been the recipe to your success, I guess, in terms of getting upskilling and reskilling right? Because I think there's lots of, in my experience, examples of people, um, different teams not yeah, wanting, yeah. Let, let's say someone on their team wants to lead you to another team, could they want to progress? But that manager thinks, well, I've lost my a good person now. And they almost treat another team as, you know, a competitor almost. <laughs> or, or, or maybe the business wants to upskill certain people in certain ways but that's not what someone wants to do or specialize in. It's not always straightforward, is it? I guess there's, there's things to consider when you've got- Yeah, there is, there is. I, I think you need to find the balance between um, satisfying the business need and the organizational need of, of the upskilling and reskilling and also satisfying the individual. Yes, and they're not always the same, are they? And they're not always the same, yeah. Um, but that's where being really clear on what your, most companies will have some form of business strategy, something that they're looking to achieve over the, you know, over a certain time period, and you need to be able to diagnose what are the skills that are going to need are going to be needed to de- deliver on that business strategy. And once you're clear on that, yeah, you then create a kind of you know learning strategy and 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 put f- programs and frameworks in place to deliver on that. But also, you need to ensure that there's good, strong talent management happening, coinciding, working together. Yeah, yeah, yeah? absolutely. Um, because getting that balance right is what's is what's key. Because if you've got if you've got the kind of if you're if you're if you're ensuring that actually you've you've identified those skills that are going to satisfy those that that business strategy the company's trying to you know trying to trying to implement and you've and you've and you've incorporated them into you know kind of organizational learning and and, and, and learning programs as well as getting the kind of talent management right, then you'll get people who are excited. And want to, I want to put themselves forward to be upskilled and reskilled, and also you'll get buy-in from senior leaders that will give you the kind of resources and the budget to put the best programs together. And I think it's that balance you need to get right. And what's in your experience been some pitfalls of this you've you've seen or, or, or traps people have fallen into with this, and getting it wrong? Not getting buy-in from senior leadership around what are the skills that actually should be upskilled or reskilled. Yeah, or being just being clear on them as well. Yeah, just being clear on them. I think the other thing as well is 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 not being able to then have good uh, uh, talent management with people who are going to be who want to, who put themselves forward to be upskilled and reskilled. What I mean by that is that 
you're not having, you should be having good career conversations. So yeah, people should have good personal development plans, PDPs. So they're really clear on within my role, I want to get here. What are the skills I need to get there? And what there's the programs that are offered. And there's no surprises basically. Yeah, what, what, what's, what programs are on offer for me to get there? A good clear career pathway, yeah? To link you to where you want to get to, right? And that's really key as well. Yeah. So what you see is, 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 is sometimes people focus too much on the kind of, right, we need to get this organizational kind of skills and upskilling, but they don't then focus on the kind of the individual talent management and getting, and getting people in kind of engaged in and, and, and motivated to kind of take on that development and training, if that makes sense. Yes, or, or often I mean, I've seen sometimes like some short-termism for managers. So they've got someone who's really high performing in a certain part of their team yeah, yeah. and they want, like you said, you're an agile coach. Maybe you said, you know, I want yeah. to do something else. And some say, oh, but, but Danny's our agile coach, so <laughs> yeah. we've got someone else to do that role now, and it's, yeah. that's an effort for me to do that as a business. So yeah. it's that mentality, isn't it, and, and making sure that people's wishes are honoured, I guess, as well. Yeah, I think I think I think it's 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 not trying to also pigeonhole people just for 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 Absolutely. your for for kind of yes. your benefit. Yes. Um, even subconsciously, maybe. Sub well. Yeah, even subconsciously. Um, I think. There's also a thing around, this is where if you do this right, you can create a, a, what we call a talent marketplace. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So talent marketplace is where you have an internal, instead of going externally to buy talent, yeah, you have, you create your own marketplace where you can exchange talent within the business and, and, and get reward and recognition for it. So for example, let's say there is a, 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 a software development team yeah, and they're looking for a, a, a junior web designer, for example, yeah. right? Okay. And they, Advertise. This is the job. These are the skills that are involved, right? And and there is somebody from the marketing team who goes, you know something? I've I've got those fancy that. Or, I've yeah. got those transferable skills. I, I fancy that, right? And they go for it, and they get the job. Instead of instead of historically paying a recruitment agency or or paying a high fee to bring in somebody externally, they would literally kind of cross charge the marketing team. Yeah, reward it. Yeah, they would reward the marketing team with something because they've now given somebody from their That's team over idea. to. To that, you know, to to to, the, to that software development team, and what you then have is this internal kind of marketplace and mobility of of talent moving around, and it stops that kind of the jealousy between teams. Or it does, but but also you retain talent, so you yes. get a situation where the organisation is known for opportunity to kind of move within your career and you know maximise people and, and 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 leverage talent, and you keep people longer because actually they know they can go and do this, they can go and do well, that. It's good move. people to see it, isn't it? You, you see a colleague change where we think, oh, hundred percent. They probably never wouldn't have got that job um, externally because 100%. they didn't have, have their experience, maybe. Hundred percent. But they're trusted and you know they're a good cultural fit and whatever. Hundred percent. And also, when if you if you if you do this really well, this, let's say this person for marketing wanted to go and join the software development team and be this kind of junior junior web uh, uh, junior web person, they'll say, well, actually. You've got 80% of the skills, but you're missing 20% of the skills. We come and join us and we will train you on the other bit. Yeah. We'll we'll upskill you on the other bits. Yeah. And and you can do the role, right? Which is much better, right? Because this person is thinking, you've given me an opportunity to go and do this job. I'm gonna be thank you for the opportunity. I'm gonna be engaged. I'm already a cultural fit because I know the business. So you don't have to stress about that. There's less risk there. There's less yeah, risk yeah. there. And also you're giving me the opportunity to do, you know, to kind of follow my dream and, and to do something I'm really interested in. So you get more engagement, more commitment from that person. And obviously it's Less of a cost because you're not having to go externally. So this is where the kind of upskilling and reskilling, if it's done really well, you can actually create an internal talent marketplace. And especially when I think we, we had a, a previous episode about attracting talent. Yeah. If that's so becoming increasingly difficult, you can use it, that as part of your sense. EVP yeah, to absolutely. say to put your employer branding out there. Imagine you've got somebody in the organisation 
telling th their story about how they've literally worked in two or three different departments and the skills they've picked yeah, up for working in these two or three departments and now they are this kind of specialist. And they're actually, their next role is, they've, they've, they've already got a next one, they're gonna be working in one of their other international locations as a result of the way the, the, way the company operates. Imagine you put that out as an employer branding. You go on LinkedIn, you see that, you're like, oh, I, want, I wanna work there. <laughs> what do you mean, I wanna want work there. It gets I want, more I want those opportunities. as well, doesn't it? Because um, I've worked a few different, at video arts, a few different roles, and you have more loyalty to the brand. Yeah. When they've trusted you to take on different roles and maybe get more experience, it's, it's yeah, it pays dividends, isn't it, I think. I think the other thing to also think about when it comes to upskilling and reskilling is how you can create this learning culture of where people can, where where people can drive their own self development. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, having platforms, having having channels where people can can drive their own learning. So, uh, I, you know, I'm not looking to plug anything, but but I, you know, I've got a really good relationship with LinkedIn, and, and LinkedIn Learning is such a good platform. For example, it's got like you know thousands of, of of online training content where you can just go in, create your own playlist, download content. Do training yourself, and even if you don't use LinkedIn Learning, you, you, there, there are things, there are platforms that organisations can buy that have a very similar function functionality, um, and that kind of self and continuous development when it comes to upskilling and reskilling, I think, is something that's really key. People, you know, people are very much are about having things on the go, yeah. Especially in this world where you, you, everything is on your smartphone and you have access to everything, you know, you know on your smartphone and, and through the internet and, and, and social media. Having a platform where you can do things on the move and on the go and just learn things really quickly. And that in the moment learning, micro learning of like, listen, uh, I've been given a task. Uh, I want to do this, but I don't know how to do it. Let me just quickly go on this. Search for two minutes. Okay, I know how to do it now. And then go back to your work. Yeah, is something that is probably a lot more common now when it comes to learning than sitting in a classroom and doing training. Yeah, for learn the flow works just um, that. It's, it's, yeah. And what we call that is learning in flow. Yeah. 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 Perfect. So learning in workflow. And I guess um, this obviously it dovetails nicely with retaining talent, but is there anything else in terms of upskilling and reskilling that maybe touches on retaining people that you've, you've done at Conanson or Hunter that's been really critical? Because I think you've got a really good retention rate of both companies you've had and people want to work for you. So I guess any tips to, to share with people watching? Ingredients on retaining your best people. Yeah. It's a hot topic again at the moment for everybody. Yeah, I, I think... I think the, uh, another tip I would say is that um, you need to have uh, you need to have you need to employ learning professionals that really care about learning and really are passionate about providing the best learning experience yeah. for their people. And what I mean by that is what experience is the is the is the is the learner getting? And you need somebody who really cares about learning to provide the best learning experience. And I think that was one of the things that was really important to me um, to brand, to have a really strong band as a learning team that we really cared about our people and that we were really positive, we were really inspirational, and we and we and we wanted to see people fulfill their potential. Because if you get a bunch of people who are, who have that kind of mindset, the kind of learning and 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 frameworks and programs and content you can create is phenomenal, even with a small team. So one of the things people used to say to me regularly is, "How have you? You must have a really big team to do all of this." I go, no, not really. <laughs> and that's because um, if you get like-minded people who are really passionate and really driven and care about creating a real good learning culture and can see the importance of, of what a learning culture can bring to an organization, you're onto a real, like, it's a no-brainer for me. Perfect. Okay, and in order to recap our episodes of Live and Learn, we always talk about a lesson learned or 
a funny mistake or error you made, especially, I know you're big on growth mindset, Danny. We did a webinar on it (laughs) last year, I think it was. Um, In terms of upskilling and reskilling, if you were to go back in time or looking back on your career, Mm. is there a lesson you've learned um, in that context that you'd like to share with people who, again, maybe are doing it the first time or are being tasked with, you know, C-suite who said them and upskilling and reskilling, get on that with no other direction. They're a bit lost to know what to do next. Um, What I learned later on in my career as a learning professional is that if you want to advocate and promote upskilling and reskilling, you need to make you need to have the mindset of wanting to do it for yourself. Good example. Yeah. So what I mean by that was that um, you need as a learning learning professional should constantly be pushing themselves out of their comfort zone to learn and acquire new knowledge. To lead by example. To lead by example. Yeah. So the you know in the last six seven years the amount of skills. I didn't know that I pushed myself. So, for example, I when it came to finance, commercial acumen, business acumen, it was a, like a foreign language to me. Yeah, I wouldn't it, have thought it, that. It no one absolutely, it would scare. It would scare me. Right. So I put myself through a kind of basic finance, like basic finance accounting course, and from that, just took it on one step further, and then became a bit of a guru and an expert. And now I can actually train people on accounting right. and finance. Which something, if I had said this to you <laughs> eight years ago, you'd be like, what? So it's that kind of, I, I feel you, you, as a learning professional, you need to make sure that you are up to date with the latest skills, technology, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to acquire new skills and concepts so that you can then translate that and be an advocate for people to be upskilling and reskilling. Because if you're not living and breathing it, why are people going to listen to you? They're quite right. And also, are you going to be able to provide the best upskilling and, le- and reskilling programs if you're not somebody who lives and breathes that? Yeah, absolutely. So that would be, that'd be, my, that'd be my learning. Perfect. Well, Danny, pleasure as always. Thank you for coming on again to our show. Thank you for having me. And being very generous with your time. And um, yeah, big thank you from the Video Arts team as always. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.